when time stands still? Well, that's obvious when it's time to change the batteries on your clock. All right, I thought you'd appreciate that little bit of humor in preparation for our story for today. But when you think about it, when are the times in your life when it seemed as if time was moving so very slow, almost as if it had stopped altogether, as if it was standing still, not moving forward? Chances are, when you think about that, it probably is going to be a time in your life, maybe when you were younger, or especially when you were bored, or you were looking forward to something happening, and you just couldn't wait until the time when it would finally come to be, when you would be able to get to go or do the thing that you had wanted and had been waiting to do. And that time leading up to it, it seemed as if time stood still. Maybe as you think about your life, times in which it seemed as if things moved so very slow, were those very times in which you were faced with something that you weren't prepared for, uh, didn't even know how to deal with, some um, uh, traumatic difficult uh, situation in which all of a sudden you were flooded with fear and worry and grief and sadness, maybe even anger, uh, maybe even a little confusion too. And then it seemed as if everything started to go in slow motion. And you kept on hoping and praying that it was all a dream. And yet it wasn't. It was as if everybody around you was talking and took a while to even comprehend what they were saying to you. Those were moments in which we struggle to even make sense of what it is that we're hearing and what it is that's happening. And imagine what it is that we are even going to be able to do next. In our story for today, we meet these two, these two um, that we haven't heard of before, Cleopas and his traveling companion. We could probably think that it might be his wife. And they're returning on um, their way home back from Jerusalem. Uh, probably a really long walk. And you can just feel how um, overwhelmed they are. They're overcome by everything that has taken place in these last few days of Jesus' life. And they are, are just left so exhausted and without hope. They've seen Jesus die on the cross. They even heard the crazy story about what the women experienced when they went to anoint Jesus um, at, uh, at the tomb that Easter morning. And yet, it, it still doesn't even compute in their minds. They can't make sense of it. They don't know what to think because all that they know is that they had hoped that he was the Messiah. That he was God's anointed one who had finally come, who had finally been sent into the world, who had come to redeem Israel, to 
restore it to what it once was. To make it to like the time in which um, the, the kingdom, the, the country Israel was one and where um, God had appointed a leader for them, a king who would, who would protect them and who would serve and who would lead them and care for them and who would help them to make sure that they continued to follow God's ways and to be obedient to God. That's what they wanted. That's what they longed for for themselves and for their world and for their children, for their future. And Jesus, boy, they're left thinking that he wasn't the one. Because he didn't overthrow the Romans. They were still in charge. They were still having their way. They were still taxing people. They were still exerting their authority and their power. And that was just one entity. There were so many other powers at that time, too. Nothing had really changed in the world. Poor were still poor. The hungry were still hungry. Those who needed to hear good news were, were left feeling hopeless, like they found themselves on their walk back home. And then suddenly, in their midst, appears this stranger. And as they start talking with him, they can't even believe who this guy is that he hasn't heard a single thing of all of the events that have happened in these last few days. And yet, at the same time, they have this like, strange feeling as if they knew him somehow, as if they had some sort of connection, as if they had him before. And yet, time moves ever so slowly when you're in the midst of grief and hopelessness and despair. And so as they walk along, their minds still turning and churning, they can't even quite put it all together and figure it out. And so there's something within them that decides to invite Jesus to come and stay with them. Maybe Maybe then they'll like put their finger on it. And then they do. When Jesus takes the bread and breaks it for them. In the same way that he had done at the feet of the 5,000. The same way that he had done on the night of his last meal. And just like that, they instantly realized who Jesus is, who he had been all along. This entire way home and throughout his entire life. He was the one. He was the Messiah. He was the one who the women said wasn't at the tomb, but he had been raised. And suddenly, as they begin to realize who he is, Jesus disappears and is no longer present or visible to their eyes no longer able to ask him the million questions on their minds, no longer able to ask him to help them understand all the things that still don't make sense in their minds, not able to ask him what, what the road looks like ahead, what it is that is going to happen next, if there's anything that they themselves should do. Because Jesus is gone. He's not able to answer any of those questions. 
maybe that's purposeful. And thankfully, instead of overthinking the situation, overthinking everything that they had just encountered and experienced and witnessed and heard, they don't just stay where they are, but they go, and they go and tell everyone that they can. They go and make known everything that has just happened to them. Everything that God has done, just done in their lives through the resurrected Jesus. And they go to tell that to anyone that they meet along the way who is overcome by grief and hopelessness. They go and they tell it to everyone who followed Jesus. They go and tell this good news to the others. They go and tell it to everyone who's not able to take notice or perceive what's around them when they're so overcome by their own grief or their confusion or in trying to figure out all of these things, all of these ways about God that still are just a mystery to all of us. It's interesting that they don't get stuck. They don't get stopped in that place after the risen Jesus appears to them. They realize that they have to go and make known what has happened. And it's a good thing, too. Because they suddenly realize that there is no time to waste any longer. There's no time to rethink or examine what their definition of who the Messiah was or who he was going to be like or what they were going to do. What he was going to do. There is no time to waste. When it comes to making known all that Jesus had already done and was continuing to do, there is no time to waste. And maybe they also realize that they don't need to put all of their hope in the Messiah to save the world, to redeem Israel to what it once had been. Because maybe they also realize that each of them has a small role in making God's vision for the kingdom happen too. They're not the Messiah. But maybe they realize that they don't just have to wait for the one who is to come. They don't just have to wait for the time in which Jesus will do all of these things and restore all of these things and make this world complete. Because they, too, can have a role in helping those things come to be, even in the smallest of ways, here and now. In the midst of wherever they travel, in the midst of every room they gather in, in the midst of every person that they meet along life's way. They have a role in helping to make known what it is that God has done and is doing and will continue to do. It may not be the Messiah, but they realize that they are not powerless either. But they have good, to, to good news to proclaim and to share and to live. So what is it 
that God has done through Jesus in your life of faith. When you think about that, that's a part of your story. It's a part of who you are. It's a part of the work that God calls you to. That God calls you not just to reflect on, but to live out, to make known to anyone you can. So that they can see in it a reason to have hope. Especially when they find themselves in the midst of grief and sadness and despair. It's a part of our reason. It's a part of our purpose. It's a part of how it is that we help to make the kingdom a little closer to the reality that God has for it. So what are you waiting for? When Christ is going to come again, we've got work to do. 